Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. Come along in. Raise your hand if you have a guest house, a backyard that they can put their things in. Here we go. There's several places around. Seasons. Occur. By nature. On earth. And seasons occur by cosmic nature in larger arenas. And there's no external hand that states that a season has arrived. When it's time for the fruit tree to bud, to blossom, to bring out its leaves. It does that. It self-initiates those events. Seasons in the human realm are a much longer format. Eighty-four thousand lifetimes is a fair bit of existence. I mean, you're just dealing with one, and you got your hands full. But 84,000 is a number. It's not an exact number, it's a round number. But that is the number. And just like the distance between the earth and the sun is 108 times the diameter of the sun, <coughs> the distance between the earth and the moon is 108 times the diameter of the moon. <coughs> 108 became a number of meaning. There are 26 bones in the skull and in the feet and in the spine. And 26 became a number of meaning. In numerology, the numbers are 0 through 11 and then at 12, 
you add them together, it becomes 13. 13 becomes, excuse me, 12 becomes 3. 13 becomes 4. And you do that except for 0 through 11 and the number 22. And so each of these numbers has meaning. And that's why there's a meaning to 8.4 million pre-human existences and 84,000 human existences. The ones who would want to say that you only live once and is there life elsewhere, you know? I don't make fun of them. I think I caricatured them in that expression, but I'm not making fun of them. I'm just simply saying that they don't know. You put a small child on an $8,000 Persian carpet. That little child doesn't care that it was $8,000. A little child doesn't know what eight is, doesn't know what a thousand is, doesn't know what dollars are. And he pees. and then scooches over to the fringe because that's attractive. That's meaningful, that fringe. And to find out how meaningful it is, the little child puts the fringe in his mouth or her mouth. A completely different existence, a completely different picture. But that little child doesn't know that it's in one of its 84,000 lifetimes. You say, you know, you're in one of your 84,000 lifetimes and it looks at you. And you say, you know that there are trees all over the world and it looks at you. None of this makes any meaning, makes any sense whatsoever. But there are trees all over the world and you are in and amongst your 84,000 lifetimes. As a matter of fact, you're so close to the end that this is the end, <laughs> my friend. Right? This is it. This is your opportunity. And Yogi Bhajan said, when you get to this level of existence, the distance between your ignorance and your enlightenment is just the length of your spine. And occupying that length of your spine is what's known as that central spinal canal, the Shushmana. And everything that we do in Kundalini Yoga is to push the lights on in that Shushmana. Nothing moves but the light. Because Kundalini is a light force. And that's why they call it enlightenment. And imagine though, if you're living in this infinity, 
that everything that was, is, and everything that is, will be, and everything that will be, was. And in Sanskrit, that's called Bhavishya. Bhavishya means a history of the future because it's already taken place. You look at the stone carvings of Sumaria, or Sumeria, however you want to pronounce it. And everybody thinks, oh, aliens landed. You're an alien. And you have landed. And back in those days, there, we didn't have iPhones or computers or... And so when someone would arrive from the future, the only way that they could tell their story was to carve it in stone because the planet was at such a primitive level that there was no such thing as paper, no such thing as digital format. And so in each of your lifetimes you have been subjected to various forms of evolution. When Yogi Bhajan first came to this planet, he said, Oh my God! This is really nuts! He was telling me this story once when we were driving. And he said, I couldn't believe what my assignment was. He thought, initially he thought, am I being punished? And then he said, oh no, that's because I was raised in Catholic schools. That's why I think that. <laughs> no, you're not being punished. You're being requested. Your services are being requested. And the distance between who you think you are and who you are is the length of your spine. And the amount of time that it is going to take you to travel that distance is dependent upon two things. Your excuses and your need for sympathy. Because once you establish your mastery, you get no sympathy. Aww. Aww. Sympathy is a partner. You fail at some of your endeavors just to get that sympathy. Oh, you tried really cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I, 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 I really tried. Because sympathy is embedded in the child. The child cries. And it's sympathy that feeds it. 
Can you imagine children crying and parents going, ah, damn noise. (laughs) And because sympathy has been so rewarded at that age, it's very difficult to abandon. And once you abandon it, Yogi Bhajan's absolute favorite sign in the world takes place. And that's the sign that you see as you enter a parking lot. It says, don't back up. Severe tire damage. When he saw that sign, he said, that is it. That's the warning of enlightenment. That's the warning of your mastery. Don't back up. Severe damage. (coughs) And so you hang on to your sympathy, your need for sympathy, And it enables you to have excuses for your lack of mastery. And it's a really, really, really cozy existence. Because we can hide within that level of existence. And it causes no waves whatsoever in the outside world. No waves whatsoever, because you are just normal. You're one of the gang, you're one of the group, you know, you're just one of us. (laughs) It's nice to have you, you know. When you were doing that thing, I think you might have been going to Yoga West, you were getting strange. (laughs) We thought you were in a cult. We are. You can just put that to rest once and for all. Because everything is cultivated. And that's what the word means. And as it's cultivated, it creates a culture. And that's what the word means. But if you get into cultivating your culture of higher consciousness, then everybody feels like you're leaving them behind. And so they will say, hey, don't pay attention to that cult. Uh Uh-uh. Come on back. Come on back. Join us for some sympathy. And it's a treacherous path, walking into your mastery. Yes, you do back up on occasion and damage your tires and then you go forward again and then you back up and damage your tires and you go forward again. Because giving up sympathy is really, really, really scary. Because you would not have survived at one point if it wasn't for sympathy. So now how can you give it up? Women give birth 
to everything. The feminine gives birth to everything. And it's that ability to reconnect with that ma, that mother energy, that holds us into sympathy. But what if, what if we said, I am actually going to be equal. I'm going to be equal. I am going to be absolutely identical to that mother energy. I'm going to be equal to that mother energy. And that mother energy is going to be equal to me. And so therefore, I no longer need that training wheel on my bicycle. And I am now going to release that and walk forward as if. And what happens, just like the blossom The bud becomes a blossom and the blossom has a hip and the hip is the fruit and the fruit is full of seed. And every one of those cycles in nature takes place. The moment you walk out of sympathy, you walk into empathy. And it's a cycle of nature. And the reward for empathy is far greater than the reward for sympathy. The reward in being of service is far greater than the reward of being served. But it's an entirely different nature. One is a child and the other is an adult. And not in the terminology that we use in today's world. I mean, it's all children in today's world. That's a gross exaggeration. It is predominantly children in today's world. The need in any location is where are the adults? When are the adults going to show up? A perfect example of that is the story, Lord of the Flies. In Lord of the Flies, there was the same hierarchical, bullying, brutish nature. Not taking care of the environment, not taking care of each other, creating hierarchies based on brute force. Very primitive. Planet Earth currently is just a Lord of the Flies scenario. Those of you who were born in the feminine form, hmm, I can't say hats off, it doesn't work for me. But I'll tell you, Yogi Bhajan's heart and my heart and the hearts of consciousness go out to you. Your assignment is critical in today's world. Your assignment is critical. Our assignment is important. Your assignment is critical. 
And our assignment as masters and your assignment as masters coexist. But you're the womb, which is the future, and the man, which is now. And we are the man, which is now. And if the man, which is now, suppresses the womb, which is the future, then there is no future. And if all of the population that is ruling the planet is in its childhood need for sympathy and total and absolute success, which means that everyone is taken care of, is not a sympathetic situation, then we have on this planet a sympathetic time bomb. And it's up to us men to step up and create a circumstance that can enable safety and security on this planet. Because we are here to take care of the now. All of us that are men, we've been women. All of us that are women, we've been men. We trade off. We go through the process. We go through the processes. But for people to be born at this time on this primitive stone in space as feminine, wow. You might have gotten this short stick, you know, when you're drawing sticks. So, planet Earth, no! Planet Earth, no! Planet Earth as a woman, are you kidding me? I mean, Yogi Bhajan said, doing Earth a favor, I call it a half-star hotel. I mean, look at, what, look at what the children are doing because the children are in charge. And the thing that is going to change this is for each and every one of us to get out of our need for sympathy, get out of our need of timidity, get out of our need to feel like somebody has to tell me that I am a master and become the Messiah that you are, the prophet that you are, the master that you are. And there is absolutely nothing in any religion that gives you that authority. Because every religion, from Christianity to Sikh Dharma to Islam to Buddhism to Jainism to Zoroastrian, all of them are still stuck in the hierarchies of the patriarchy.
And we are here to change that. Some of us from the inside. Some of us from the outside. But all of us are here. And the only way that you can be effective in that is to rise up inside yourself and completely mess up. And forgive yourself and then do it again and completely mess up. And forgive yourself and do it again and do it again and do it again. And that's called practice. You know, there's always these stories of, oh, so-and-so came along and with the feather touched the subject and the subject was suddenly enlightened and perfect. <laughs> no. No. Fairy tales. Fairy tales. Everybody is born peeing and pooping everywhere. Everybody has to go through practice, 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 practice. Even the great saints and sages and gurus and prophets and all of them were born just an in, a, a sympathy-needing child. The reason I'm saying all of this is because it's your time now. It's your time now. It's your time now. You must rise up. And unfortunately in this world, the women messiahs didn't get a lot of billing. You know, as a matter of fact, in the early you know, stages of their um, evolution, you know, they'd get condemned, burned at the stake, drowned in the pool, you know, like, really? So you as women have fewer examples, but by golly, dig deep. Dig deep inside of yourself and read the history that's in your cellular structure. Read that history. And we as men and we as women must absolutely cease enabling the hierarchical patriarchy in all of its forms. One of the ones that we must reduce is the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension has been coerced into time is money. Time is money. Now time is a breath and then another breath and then another breath and then another breath. Time is breath. And breath is the only thing you own. You don't own your body. You don't own anything. You own your breath. And when you're conscious of your breath, you're conscious of your spirit. It's called inspire. Inspiration. But it is now time for each and every one of us to determine. I say it. I am, am a master. A master. And we've got 
two or three decades here. There was a book written in the late 90s. It was called The uh, Cultural Creatives. And it was written by a couple of PhD doctors out of um, the Palo Alto area, Stanford University. And it was talking about people of consciousness. And it used the phrase cultural creatives. And it's, it was interesting because it had the same it had the same ratios, pretty close to the same ratios as in the Bhavishya Purana, which is one of the sacred texts of the Vedas, in saying that one in 300 on the planet are in that state of mastery. One in 30 are in the pre-mastery stage. And one in ten are suffering through birthing into spirit. And then you get into the much larger numbers. The one in five is maximizing itself as a, as a fetus, not yet born into spirit. And then prior to that is two out of three are in that embryo stage. And these are these are all stages of that 84,000 lifetimes. You go through all of these stages. If you're in this room and you're still in this room at this time, I mean, you haven't left this room because you would listen to this and you would say, this guy is nuts. You know, and you'd just get, you'd roll up your mat or you'd leave your mat and you'd abandon it and just, I've seen that happen before. You know, too embarrassed to roll the whole thing up, so they just <laughs> they look around they, and and sitting up here, you can see everything. And so, and and I'm not making fun of these people. I'm actually just describing what takes place. But if you're still in this room, you are in that category of one in three hundred. And one in three hundred on Earth today, if you do the math, represents about twenty-three million people. One in 30, if you do the math, represents about 230 million people. And so if you put those two categories together and do the math, you've got about 253 million people. Somebody did the math. And then if you take in the one in 10, you've got another 760 million people. And the interesting thing is that Guru Gobind Singh had a prophecy that when we were 960 million, 960 we will be. And if you do the math, we're beyond that point because we're around 985 million people that are in that category that are capable of going the distance of your spine. Who's it going to be? We're, not, we're no longer in the time of worshiping great masters. We're in the time of being great masters. And we're no longer in the time in which there is one great leader. We are in the time that there is great leadership. Because it was Confucius that said, the tallest tree will catch the most wind. So if a few of us become 
extremely outstanding. The mass of the Lord of Flies scenario will take us out. We are way too threatening because what we're talking about is taking away the hierarchy of the patriarchy. If you're really doing well in the hierarchy of the patriarchy and there is a lot of it happening right now, that is not a good idea for you. That threatens your very existence and everything about it. And the music of that nature, the hierarchy of the patriarch is so loud that everyone on the planet is chasing it through the fourth dimension of sequential time. And they're just saying, time is money, time is money, time is money. We are preparing for what Yogi Bhajan talked about in the early 70s. And he used to talk this talk, and we used to look at each other and look outside and say, what's he talking about? He's talking about the 2020s and the 2030s because it doesn't get better until we rise up. But we can't rise up until we're a massive force. And so until we're a massive force, we have to keep working with each other. We have to keep being those teachers. We have to keep being those people who are supporting compassionately, empathically. We have to be those ones that are serving humanity. And we cannot waste any of our time being taken out being overwhelmed by how big the job is. You want to know how big the job is? Big is big. This job is tiny. You have come from big. You have come from infinity. You think anything on this little rock is big? Anything is big? No. Big is big. This is tiny. Don't be overwhelmed. What's overwhelmed? A need for? Sympathy. Sympathy. I'm so overwhelmed. Have you seen the news? I can't believe. You can believe it. You do believe it. You know. Little boys will be little boys. I have a grandson and a granddaughter. Let me tell you, watching those two grow up, boys and girls are very, very different from, you know? And it has nothing to do with nurture. It's all about nature. Girls get along. Boys compete. And everything about religion is about competition, no matter what it is. It's just so unnecessary. And so, I call upon you women who are in the class today, please, rise up.
because we support you. And let's do it together because this planet needs some parenting. We need to give some people a time out. I just, when I see what's going on, you know, I just say, it would be so cool to give those men a time out. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Okay, time out. I mean, I just want to walk into those rooms and, you know, and just be, can you imagine? Okay, you know, time out. Can you imagine? I do. I imagine that kind of power. Yes? Are you with me? I mean, is it a good idea? Yes. <laughs> Let's become that powerful. So that it's not this violence that is power, it's this presence that is power. That we don't knock them down, we scoop them up. Have you ever seen, there's two kinds of parenting and there's a lot more than two, but two that I'm going to use as an example. You see a parent with a misbehaving child and this child is really like, you know, like really misbehaving and you know that this child's nature is to misbehave. What is it asking for? It's asking for attention and it's also asking for some sympathy. And then you see the parent that wants nothing to do with it, right? So-and-so. I don't dare use a name because somebody in the room might have that name. So I hope no one's named so-and-so. So-and-so. Shush up. Stop yelling. Right? And they're yelling at the child to say stop yelling, right? Or this, like this, right? And then there is the other person who the child is doing it and they go, oh, so-and-so. And they pick him up and they walk and they say, I know, it's not a good moment, is it? Yeah. You want to whisper in my... And they whisper in there. Wow. Such a different effect. Such a different effect. We have about... Six point what? Six point three or four billion children. There's nearly a billion of us that are in parent capacity, right? The one in ten, the one in ten, the one in thirty, and the one in three hundred, which puts it around nine hundred and eighty million. And the rest of the planet, right? So there's. 7.6 billion, so 980 million, so like 6.6, 6.6 billion children. Children. No matter how old they are, children. How are we going to treat them? Are we going to mock them? Are we going to condemn them? Are we going to make fun of them? Are we going to yell at them? We're going to say, 
why isn't so-and-so driving a car? Just the absurdity of that, right? The three-month-old. And you're saying, why don't they see they're destroying nature? Does the child go, Mommy, I'm sorry I destroyed this diaper. <laughs> Does the child do that? No, the child just destroys the diaper because that's the child's job. Our job is to wash the diaper. Do you get my point? It's up to us. No one else. No one else. It's up to us. Are you with us? Are you one of us? Are we? Then can you get up tomorrow morning and look in the mirror and say, Good morning, Master? Huh? Can you look in the mirror and say, Good morning, planetary Savior? Huh? Can you? Can you look in the mirror and can you say, there is no one that has ever lived that is better than you. Can you look in the mirror and you can say, today you get no sympathy. And today you must not show any timidity. And that means, let's do it one day at a time. That's the best way to get over an addiction, isn't it? Huh? Isn't it? One day at a time. So that means that every morning we have to go to our meeting. Right? Our meeting with self. Yeah? So every morning we're going to get up and every morning we're going to go to that meeting with self and every day at that meeting with self we're going to say, Good morning. I'm Guru Singh. I'm addicted to breath. <laughs> Hello, Guru Singh. Hmm? And let's make that the only thing that we need. We don't need sympathy anymore. We must develop our empathy. We must develop our mastery. We must become the saviors. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or 
success, and it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day, and then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.